Well, welcome everybody. Glad you could uh, join us here. Let me say a quick word of prayer and I'll introduce myself and our topic for this session. Father, thank you for the joy it is to connect uh, with so many different brothers and sisters of Christ, people who are um, in the trenches, working in ministry, uh, seeking to serve you and serve the flock among them. I pray as we get into this topic of this workshop that you would uh, give us grace, that you would uh, give us wisdom. I pray that there would be something helpful here for each person who's had a chance to join us who might be listening later. And uh, we just thank you for your grace towards us in Jesus Christ. We thank you that we are um, that we're forgiven, that we're declared righteous, and that we have hope of heaven, and we have the glorious joy of getting to serve you with our time. And we pray this in his name. Amen. So uh, my name is Reagan Rose. I run a ministry called Redeeming Productivity. And basically, as the name suggests, we're trying to approach personal productivity, time management, those sorts of things from a rigorously biblical perspective. If you've, which you probably have, studied or read any books on productivity, often it comes from the business world. Often it comes from a, uh, the tips, the, the actual tactics might be helpful, but you catch the worldview in there. You catch the, the, the being earthly minded, the success orientation of it. And so what we've tried to do is recast what is productivity from a biblical worldview? What is stewarding your life well look like? And then once we have that foundation, layering on the tactics that, that will actually help you to do that in real time. So that's what I do. And a big part of that, it has turned out incidentally, has ended up being ministering to preachers and pastors. I send out a weekly newsletter. I have different resources, uh, uh, a YouTube channel, blog, uh, podcast, stuff like that. And one thing that has constantly fascinated me over the years is generally about a third of the people that I interact with are in uh, full-time ministry vocation, vocational ministry, which is interesting. I even run a, we run a membership program, an online community. There's about 200 people in there. A third of them are pastors. It's geared towards all Christians of all stripes, but pastors again and again and again keep coming to it because if you were in my morning session, there are unique challenges to time ministry when you're in ministry, as, as you know, time management when you're in ministry, as you well know. So that's sort of the backstory. That's where I'm coming from with this. But in this session, we're going to specifically talk about morning routines, what you do when you first get up. And I'm going to run you through, I, I think the, the notes or the title of it said Power Mornings. There's sort of an acronym. We'll get into what that means. But I want to give you some strategies and some tactics for tuning up your mornings, using them really, really effectively to sort of stack several habits in a row. Um, so we'll jump into that. Let me start with showing you this. Um, I have a bunch of all of the templates from this and any of my other sessions. I have a morning routine template you can use. It's downloadable. You can find them if you scan that QR code or if you go to redeemingproductivity.com slash E3 2023. Um, the notes from this, the slides from this, a bunch of other stuff is all there. So if you want any of this and you're, you're trying to get it, I just put it all up there already for you. Sorry, I saved you a step. And I'll show that again at the end if you don't grab it. But just wanted to say that. So let's start with this. Why do you need a morning routine? Well, let me maybe start with a personal story. So I was for my whole young adult life up until my mid-20s, a night owl, like big time, like 
I would have told you that I did my best work late at night. After everyone has gone to bed, that's when I'm, I'm reading, I'm studying, I'm, I'm working hard, right? I get married, and my wife and I, our, our um, premarital counselor with our pastor, he said, one thing you guys might consider is always going to bed at the same time. He said, that's really good for your marriage. And, it, and so we were just like, okay, we'll do that. And it has proved to be good advice on multiple fronts, but one unexpected side benefit of that was I discovered my wife sleeps a lot more than I do. And so she would, I remember, I mean, it was like day two of us being married and it was nine o'clock and she's like, okay, let's head to bed. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? She's like, well, like I sleep for nine hours a night. I'm like, I don't. <laughs> so I, you know, I did it. We agreed to do that. I should have read the terms of the contract first, but <laughs> we went to bed and I start waking up at 4.30, 5.30 in the morning. And it, for, for weeks, it was probably longer than that, I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm getting up so early, and I'm like, I must not be sleeping enough. I just lay there in bed, and I did the math. I was still sleeping for seven, eight hours a night. I was getting enough sleep because I was going to bed earlier. And it didn't, for some reason, that didn't compute with me for a while. <laughs> and so I started trying to fill that time with different stuff. I'd be like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll watch TV or something, you know, it's early in the morning. And eventually I started experimenting with, okay, how can I redeem this time? I have this amazing gift of not just extra time, but undistracted time. A lot of the benefits that I was experiencing before with staying up late of, hey, no one else is awake so I can focus, were there in the morning, but they were magnified because I wasn't tired from the day ahead. You know, once I got into the new schedule, I was getting enough sleep. And so I experimented with a bunch of different stuff. And over the past, I, I've been married, I should know this, like 13 years, I think. I've, I've just been tweaking that over the years, what I do in those times. And I've, I've come up with a little formula. And again, all of this stuff, take it if it's useful, modify it. But I, I have, I have uh, something that's worked for me and I've been teaching this for the past several years. And a lot of folks have used this and said they found it helpful too. So I want to show it to you. So morning routine has changed my life. And... I think it can yours too. That sounds like a good sales pitch. So <laughs> well, let me start with a, a couple arguments for why mornings matter. So I, I do want to preface this, that you don't have to wake up earlier to have a morning routine. Whenever your morning starts, that, that's fine. You can, you can do a few habits in the morning, right? I, I have experienced the benefits, so I'm a big proponent of trying to go to bed earlier and get an earlier start because of the benefits I felt in a morning routine. So let me just put that caveat in there now. I'm not, I'm not going to try to wait, make you wake up earlier, but maybe I will a little bit, but I'm not going to tell you you have to, but you should. All right. <laughs> so why mornings matter? I think the first thing we could say is it is the first fruits of your day. So, you know, in the Old Testament, you have this principle of first fruits that comes out. You see it in Exodus, the best and first fruits of your ground you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. Now, of course, this is literally talking about an agrarian society. Take the first and the best and bring it to God and sacrifice it to him. And this was true whether you were growing grain. Uh, Leviticus, Leviticus 2, 14 talks about raising livestock. Deuteronomy 12, 6. This is true rich or poor. Numbers 12, 20 talks about this. No matter what it was, the first of your produce, God's people were to give to him as the first fruits of their labor. Um, Proverbs 3.9 summarizes this, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. So 
many of us are not farming or growing livestock. You know, I'm not saying you have to sacrifice your dog unless he's getting older. Um, my, my point, I'm sorry, that's a bad joke. My point, my point is simply, you principally here is this idea of giving God the first and best. In fact, I even read in a Mark Dever book, he was saying he, that there's evidence that, you know, obviously the, the church was started meeting on the first day of the week, Sunday, because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. But he said there's evidence that part of their rationale was because it was the first day of the week, period. They wanted to give God the first and best. And so we, we understand this principle as it comes to finances, right? We understand this principle of, of, of giving out of the first and best of your income. My argument is, what if we applied that to the time of our day? What if you dedicated the first and best of your day? And it might not start being the best of your day if you just start having a morning routine. But what if you give him the first and best of your day and you dedicate that time to him? And we'll talk about more about what that looks like. Because um, here's, here's what you're acknowledging. And this is the principle of first fruits in action. When you give God the first and best, you're acknowledging that it all belongs to him anyway. Um, it's true financially. Um, and it's true with your time too. I just said that. So, okay, let's talk about the five elements of this and uh, we'll go through these one at a time. So power is an acronym, That's hence the punctuation. And these are the five elements of a, a good morning routine. And again, feel free to, I'm not overly dogmatic on this, but this has been really helpful to me and this is a good starting point. So uh, you see it's an acronym, P-O-W-E-R, prayer, organize, word, exercise, reading and writing. So we'll go through these one by one. And uh, we'll stack them on the back of each other. So let's start with the P and the W, and then we'll, we'll go back and buy some vowels. But prayer and the word, okay? You may, and you're like, this is kind of like I'm already doing morning devotion. So <laughs> hang in there, because I'll, I'll show how this all connects. But you want to orient your heart towards the day, okay? Prayer and the word, orient your heart towards, towards God and toward the day ahead. That's why we start with this. Let me make a couple arguments here. Reasons to begin with prayer and the word. Because sometimes people say, well, I do my devotions in the evening or I spend time with the Lord at my lunch break or, or maybe you, know, you have different reasons for moving it around because maybe you wake up and you're just rushing out the door. I'm just gonna make a couple arguments for why you should, this should be the first thing you do when you get up. Maybe after coffee. The example of scripture. Okay, you see this throughout. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm not gonna say that it's a sin not to do this, but you see this example in scripture of rising early. Uh, Psalm 119, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. So there's prayer in the early morning. Psalm 5.3, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. You even see this in the life of Christ. Mark 135, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. So again, it, it's not given to us as a command, but there's, there's a lot, and there's more than this verses we could cite that show early morning beginning with me with the Lord in prayer, okay? The second is, and this has to do with this whole orients your heart towards Christ and towards the day ahead. When you start with me with the Lord in prayer and the word, it reminds you of your purpose. It reminds you of why you're here. As we know, the cares and the troubles of this life have a way of sort of making us myopic. Even, even in full-time ministry, you wake up, and if the first thing you do is grab your phone, you're inundated with bad news, 
which is another word for the news, and <laughs> social media stuff, something that's frustrating to you. Every, you're starting off on the wrong foot. If you start here, you're reminded, oh, right, I'm a servant of the King of Kings. That's why I'm giving him my first and best. I'm hearing from him in his word. I'm pleading to him through prayer and giving thanks to him. It is just the best foot to start your day on. And so I, I, would, I know a lot of people already start their day this way, but I, I just, I think it's very wise to do your devotions in the morning as your first thing. And I will fight you on that. Just kidding, I won't fight you on that. Not physically. <laughs> All right. Set your priorities straight. Beginning with the word and prayer. The same thing, I've kind of already said that, but you're remembering why you're here and what you're doing. You're not... You're not down here thinking worldly thoughts to start the day. You're, you're up here. You're thinking, okay, I have perspective. Um, the other side of this, so we talked about prayer and Bible reading. Um, uh, this is something, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this too. Uh, if you're not already following some sort of a devotions plan, and I'm not going to assume anything. You might assume with a, with a room full of many of you are in full-time ministry. Not, not everybody's doing this. And I think there is wisdom in it. You might say, well, I do this as part of my sermon prep. I'm already reading, so I'm not spending personal time with the Lord. Um, We can talk about that. I'd be interested in hearing your perspectives on it. But I do think that there's a lot of wisdom, even if you're in full-time ministry, even if you're studying the Word every week, to be doing something purely devotional. And I know this is an argument. People, People have different perspectives on it, but something purely where your point is just to read and meet with the Lord. I think you have an advantage with this is you can maybe keep it shorter if you know you're going to be studying something later in the week, you can just follow something like a, a devotional. I know um, the Valley of Vision is a great little read of Puritan prayers. Great way to start the day. Um, don't bite off more than you can chew. That's that's one of the tendencies as you're trying to build a morning routine is you might get excited about it and make it impossible. You're like, oh, I'll do uh, maybe 10 chapters in Greek, 10 in Hebrew, and then maybe you know, a couple dozen in uh, English. You're like, well, there goes your day. That's not just your morning. <laughs> um, and just aim for consistent with, consistency with this. Uh, th- this is something, uh, when it comes to, to Bible reading, devotional Bible reading, as part of just a routine, the aim here is less about, in my opinion, less about studying the Word, going, going deep, and more about the consistency of meeting with the Lord and hearing from Him daily. Does that make sense? You're, you're just trying to get, get in the Word. I think sometimes in, in ministry, you think, I have to only read the Bible uh, in the context of trying to study it. But I think that there is wisdom in, in just reading devotionally, reading large chunks of scripture and not necessarily going super deep into it every single time. So l- let me pause here. And I am curious to hear your guys' thoughts on this because um, I know there are different opinions. Uh, when it comes to devotions as a pastor, do, do some of you do it uh, as where, where what you're reading, it just tends to be what you're also studying for the sermon. I'm curious, anybody do that? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Um, that, I, I think that's a, that's a fine thing. That's a good way to do it too because you're getting sort of the, you're getting it in your head, right? Does anybody follow like something just totally separate from it? Curious? Yeah. And what do you do? I'm just curious, like somebody tell me, like, what, what kind of plan do you follow? Do you do a lot? Do you just read a chapter? Is a couple of verses? What do you do? I'd just be interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't follow a specific plan, but I set as a goal to read through the entire Bible through through the course of at least a year and mm-hmm. more. Okay, gotcha. Um, and so I'll, I'll read two or three chapters, depending on how much time I have in the morning. So yeah. I'll read four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I discover by what, what schedule for the day or thing. Nice, yeah. Which kind of kind of turns up upside down what you're saying here. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Anybody else? Yeah. In the Uversion app, you can listen as well as read at the same yeah. time. And I, like, I like to put an earbud in because my wife is still sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I, I've gone through the second time now a chronological reading of the Bible in a year. Yeah. And it's just been a huge blessing. Oh, yeah. And getting the both senses at the same time. Yeah. yeah. That's good. It helps you focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for listening to the Bible in general. I mean, if you think about it, until... Martin Luther, or till the printing press, I would say, you know, 1500, first 1500 years of, of church history, you had people who primarily, they consumed the word through hearing it. Like they didn't have, you didn't have your family Bible and stuff. So, the um, verse says faith comes by reading. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's a lot to that. And it's a different way. It's another way to in, engage, you're, you're studying the Bible by reading it um, in your study each week, but it's a need to just hear it. And that's, that's kind of how it was intended to be done. Even in the early church, you may read about that, that they were, they were reading Paul's letters, right? Someone, I saw someone else had a hand. Yeah. Just devotionally, I think it helps you just to get a broader sweep of the whole scripture when you're studying detailed passages. Yeah. I think the devotional larger reading also helps trickle over into your devotional benefits of your deeper study. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's, that's been my own experience as well. You're, you're kind of reading these large chunks and it's very easy to get myopic just in the sense of whatever passage you're studying and forgetting about the whole, yeah. I, I'm not going to ask anyone to confess anything, but I, I, I do not have any data to back this up. But I, I know in my own life, and you guys can tell me this is true in your, in your lives as well, since smartphones and stuff has become more ubiquitous, I am less consistent with reading the Bible daily. Has anyone else found that to be their experience? That 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 thing that you look back on your life maybe ten years ago, and you felt like I was more consistent in that. Anybody else like feel that way? Yeah, I I think that it is a very common thing because it's so much easier to do something besides reading the Bible devotionally. And I and I do think that this is an area where ministers can can really find excuses to not read devotionally because we're like, we're going to be studying anyway, but it's something we shouldn't be skipping on at. Yeah. All right. And I did say, uh, aim for, aim for consistency. And this is something I'll just say this from that. If you're trying to, if you're like, I'm not in that habit, or I'm not as consistent, lower the amount. This is, this is a lot of studies they've even done on habits in general. You just bring it really, say, I'm going to read one verse a day. Is I just, I just, that's all I'm going to do. In my devotional, I'm going to pray. I'm going to read one verse and just start in a book of the Bible and just do one verse a day. You can build it later. You want the consistency. It'll become a habit and then you can start expanding. So if you're in that boat, fear not. You can, you can get back on track. Um, just to quote here, the simple choice of picking up your Bible before you pick up your phone in the morning is a cosmic act of defiance against your own sinful heart. Uh, I, I think when it comes to mornings, and especially with this devotional side we're talking about, prayer and the word, you have to recognize that the, the battle against your alarm clock is a spiritual one. 
it might just seem like it's purely practical or it's a discipline thing and all that. And those are factors. But there's, there's, a, there's a spiritual battle and there is an enemy who does not want you to begin the day with orienting your heart towards Christ. And I think that, that we got to get serious about this. And fixing a plan for your mornings is a great way to, to sort of push back against that. Okay? This is a quote from Robert Murray. I never know how to say it. I always People always say Mick Shane. Is it Machane? How do you say it? But because there's no C, there's no Mick. Is the C silent? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, let's spend the rest of our time figuring that out. Um, I just love this because it gets to the heart of, of devotion. Like we taught, you know, my, my mom, growing up, my mom would say, I'm having my quiet time. Having my quiet time. It, it's, it's, a, it's a different quality of reading the Bible and prayer than in the study. You, you're, you're doing, when, you, when you're studying the word to teach it, there, there's a different telos. I'm, I'm doing this to proclaim it to people. And obviously you do that devotionally. You do want to do that as well. But there's something about just taking pleasure and I'm meeting the Lord today. I'm spending time with him. I, I'm reading his word just for my own spiritual benefit and to know him better. And I love this from Robert Murray Machine rose early to seek God and found him whom my soul loveth. Who would not rise early to meet such company? Love that. That's, that's a good reason to get up. That's a good reason to get up in the morning. Probably the best reason. All right, so let's talk about some of the other letters in our acronym. So we covered there actually two letters. We covered, what did I say it was? Uh, prayer, P, and the word. So P-W, let's do the R, reading, writing. And arithmetic. No, don't do math in the morning. That's, uh, I'm a staunch, uh, don't do arithmetic in the morning. Just reading and writing. Um, again, so the sort of a subheading to this is orient your mind. So you, you begin the day with orienting your heart, right? You prayer in the word. Then you want to orient your mind. You're, you're starting to, to wake up a little bit here. And I really think reading and writing are a helpful next step. So I say reading and writing. Uh, I'm a big believer in journaling. I think it's helpful prayer journal or just journaling, writing your thoughts down. For me, it is how my mind gets started in the morning. I feel like I can't even talk until I've written a little bit. So that might just be me, but I have found this to be a very helpful practice. And it's wonderful to do right after you've read the word and spent some time in prayer because you're writing down the things you're thinking. You're recording a record of God's providence in your life. You're, you're writing things you're concerned about. I find that very, very helpful. And you might as well. Um, let me zoom out for a second here, jump out of this context for a minute here and just speak to the, the importance of stacking these things back to back because I kind of skipped over that. So let's say you're someone who already has the daily practice of you're waking up and you're doing your devotions. That's a habit, okay? And that's a habit for you. What we're doing here is we want to leverage that habit if you already have it. And if you don't, we want to establish that. And then we want to say, what if we just start riding the coattails of that with some other habits. What if we just, that's the engine or a little train, we know it's chugging along, let's start attaching more cars to it. Is there, is there's a lot on, uh, I think, um, if you've ever read the book, uh, the, what is it called? Atomic Habits by James Clear. It's a great book on habits. It's not a Christian book, but he talks about habits. And one of the things he talks about is habit stacking. Is if you already have a habit in place, you're already geared towards it, it's very easy to put something else behind it. It's way easier than starting a new habit at a different time of day. So if you have your time in place of here's where I, where I read the word, here's where I pray, then you say, I'm just going to do this right after it. And then, oh, wait, I'm already here. Why don't, I, why don't I put some other things behind it? So that's sort of the, 
the big context of this whole power mornings thing is put a bunch of your most important habits right at the start of the day because that's the easiest place to put them and the, the least likely that they're going to get interrupted and you're not going to be able to do them. Okay, zoom back in. Another time, if you, if you find it hard to do other reading, a great time to do that is in your mornings. Um, if you've read the Word, you've spent some time journaling, uh, I read about maybe 10 pages a day after I do my morning devotions and write for a little bit. Uh, it's not much, but my goodness, you will be blown away how many books you can get through in a year. So if you're like, in my busy schedule, I don't have time to read. It's like, hey, you already have a time set aside for reading the Word. Why don't you put on some of these books, you know, read digital liturgies, right? Just start reading those after it. So that's the logic here. Um, the E, so now we're on the vowels. The E is exercise. And I have, I have things to say about this. So we've oriented our heart, we've oriented our mind, and we orient our, our body. So you get the idea here. We're building towards how do we get the, the whole person focused on Christ and ready for the day he has for us ahead. So we orient your body with exercise. Now, let me make some, some comments on this. One is that your body is a stewardship too. So it's not just your mind, not just your, your, your spirit. You have to steward your body. We, we know this. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You guys know this. Um, it's wise to do this. But this is one of the probably common areas that's first to neglect for people who are in full-time ministry, right? It's hard to exercise. It's hard to find the time to it. You've got way too much on your plate. I also think we have some because of the world, we aren't thinking quite right about exercise, right? So all I'm advocating here is when, you're, when you wake up and after you've sort of warranted your, your heart and you've warranted your mind, you, you do something to just wake up your body, get the blood flowing. I'm not saying, you know, go, go to the gym. You can, but run in place, jumping jacks, push-ups. Um, you can do body weight exercises, free weights, you just do some stretching. Do follow a little 10-minute exercise video. The whole point here, all I'm saying is you're trying to get your whole self to wake up and be ready for the day ahead. And let me, let me do a couple of points here on this. The first is that exercise is necessary in modern times, and especially if you're a pastor. Like, used to be, I think this is one of the reasons we don't read a ton about it in Scripture. Everyone's walking everywhere. They're getting their steps in. Their Fitbit is like, you know? <laughs> We, we don't do that. If you don't make time for it, you don't get exercise incidentally like you used to in the ancient world. We know that. So we have to make time for it. I think another misconception, and this is probably some of the reason that holds us back from it, is we think of exercise in how the, the world presents it. And it's very easy if you don't think long about this. You just, you're like, exercise means I go to the gym for two hours. It means that I, I'm trying to get a six pack, right? It means that I'm, I'm trying to, it's a vanity thing, that I'm just trying to look a certain way. My point is that does not meet, that that doesn't need to be the reason that you exercise. And I think sometimes we might dismiss it because we're like, well, I'm not I'm not into that, so I do it. The other part of this is uh, we treat it as an all or nothing thing. If I'm not going to commit to being at the gym three times a week, and I'm not going to, I know I'm not doing enough to see some major body transformation or weight loss, then I shouldn't do it. I think that's the wrong way to think about it right? You can, do, you can do those things. You can do more exercise. The point I'm making is just start with something really, really small and focus on the immediate benefits. Um, what I mean by this is the only point of exercise is not simply to, to transform your body, right? There are health benefits just to getting the blood flow in the morning, just to get your heart rate up a little bit. 
aside from the whatever comes in the long term for it. Um, some of those, and this is this is actually goes to motivation. Is you can stay a lot more motivated to do a little exercise each morning if you focus on the immediate benefits. The hard part about exercise, the motivation aspect, is the results are way down the road, right? So it's like I worked out. Like, why am I not jacked? <laughs> well, you got to do it more than once. Um, but if you focus on the immediate benefits, it, you you start to enjoy it more. So, what are some of the immediate benefits? I don't know about you. I think clearer after I exercise a little bit because the blood's flowing. I uh, my my mind is sharper for the day. I it it improves my mood. There are immediate benefits to it, even if you're not going full out at the gym. That it's worthwhile to do. And of course, there are there are health benefits to it as well. My point is that's a way to sort of, I was going to say, trick yourself into it. These are real; they're legitimate reasons to do it. And that's that's all I'm I'm saying here because sometimes people will say, "Well, I do work out, but I do it in the evenings or whatever." I'm saying also do this. So if that's you. Just have this be part of your morning routine. Okay. Let me do the O, and then we'll uh, we'll circle back to some other stuff here. This is the last one in the in the acronym. Organize. So this is just orienting yourself to the day ahead. So after like the end of all these things you're doing, now you're like, okay, I'm more, my, my heart's oriented to Christ of the day ahead, my mind, my body, I'm ready to start. Now's the point where you start to say, okay, what's my day going to look like? Because so, to me, I think my day hasn't started yet. I've done this and this is all bonus. And now I'm looking ahead at the day now that I'm like ready for action, right? Point yourself to the day. What I mean by this is make a plan for the day. So I'll give you a really simple uh, planning thing. I have more stuff. If you go on the Redeeming Productivity website, I have more stuff on how to do how to plan your day out. But this is the simplest way I found to give yourself a little structure at the end of your routine. It takes five minutes, and I, I still do. I do this every single day. I write down my top three tasks for the day just on a piece of paper. I circle the most important one. And I put that on my calendar. If you do that every day before you start work, before things get crazy, before you open your email, before someone comes by your office, before even anyone has a chance to catch you and say, hey, I need this from you. And you put it on your calendar and say, oh, that's my appointment for the day is to do this one important task. You will go miles. You don't have to, you can do a bunch of fancy productivity systems, all that. But if you just do that and prioritize the most important thing, you're going to go miles. It's, it's, imagine how that compounds over time. Um, let me put those back up. Yeah, okay, that's all I want to say on that. All right. Now, I want to spend the rest of the time on like how do you actually craft this thing? Like how do you actually put one of these together? But I want to pause again and thinking about the acronym, thinking about the power mornings, I want to hear your thoughts. Anything has struck you as interesting? Anything that you have questions about? Anything you want to push back on? Any of that? I just want to open it up to you guys. What are you thinking? Yeah. So just on your very last point on uh, organize, how does that fit with theme? And then, like, so say if like Monday is sermon prep day. Yeah. I'm not really gonna finish it. I'm just starting it. Yeah. Right? So how do I think through themes and maybe larger projects? Yeah, great question. So you're you're referencing the you in the workshop this morning. So in the workshop this morning, I did it was on like setting your schedule for the week, like an ideal schedule for each week that you try to aim to do. And one of those points was having a theme for each day. Like this is my step, my day to study 
for sermon prep, right? And so he's saying, if you already have that established, how do you pick the most important task? Um, it may be unrelated to that. So that's one option. You already know that that's, that's, and it's already scheduled, but you may have something that's pressing, that's urgent. You're like, I need to call that guy back, right? You know, And you're doing that thing. It can be related to the theme of the day too. It might be that the only thing you need to accomplish today and on that sermon day or, or, or the thing you need to start with, the next action is, I just need to read the passage four times or whatever, whatever your first step is. That can be it too. But you're just, the, the point of this is you're just deciding on this is top priority. And, I'm, and by putting it on the calendar, you're saying nothing is going to get in the way of this. This is, if I finish my day, and everything else didn't get done, this is the only thing that's gonna get done. And that's why we don't leave it with the three things. We say, it's just one. Because when you finish it, you can say, now I'm gonna do number two. But you guys know how that works, right? <laughs> you have the, the 10 things in your to-do list and you do one of them and they just get moved to tomorrow. That tends to be how life goes, right? Any other thoughts? Yeah. causes you to think more clearly. Interesting. And then actually there's people who had brain damage and through the exercise they were able to uh, to rebuild their brain. And so Very interesting. I wrote a book on it who was a brain surgeon and then I think he had a stroke huh. and he rebuilt it through exercise. Really? Yeah, I, I, it's it's such a, I did not know about that. It is such a critical thing. We know it experientially too. You know that the days that you do a little bit of exercise, you're like, okay, I feel good. Um, and, and if you think about it in terms of the stewardship you have of teaching the word or whatever, a counseling, whatever it is you're doing in your ministry context, I want to be, you want to be, we want to be the the most honed, sharp instrument in the Lord's hand we can be, right? And so that's the idea is, is uh not treating exercise as a luxury, but as part of your, your job of stewarding your body, part of stewarding yourself as a minister of the Word of God, right? It, it's, it has immediate benefits. And I think that that all or nothing thing, I, I can speak myself personally, that kept me back for so long. So I'm like, well, if I'm, if I'm not going to go you know, enough times a week to the gym that it's, I don't have enough time, so, so it's not going to be worth it because I'm not going to see results. You do see results in the immediate term, even just doing a little bit of exercise. So a lot of wisdom to that, I think. Yeah. I, I'm just curious. Like, so I have little kids mm-hmm. that get up at different times. Yeah. And I'm about to have a newborn baby that's going to be up all the time tonight. So I, I have a really hard time sometimes because uh, I don't know how much time I'm going to have. I can yes. get up at the same time. Yeah. But I might have two hours mm-hmm. or I might have I, the kids might wake me up, you know? Yeah. So, so how do you have a consistent routine when you don't have a consistent life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great question. So I have, I have little kids myself and it is hard. I have a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a seven-month-old. And they are, they're like in the mornings, they're like ticking time bombs, but like the terrorist has not put the, the timer on it. You know, you're like, they always do that so convenient in the movie. It's like, thank you for the extra step so I can see what the time. No, they don't put it on the kids though. And they, and they burst in the door. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> they blow up. Um, yeah, I, that, that is hard. I, I will say a couple of things on that. One, my, for me at least, the morning routine was the thing that allowed me to have some stability, at least with my first two. It was my, and we'll talk a little bit about the crafting, how do you time this out and stuff. I, mine is very early. I wake up at 4.30. And because of that, I usually, pretty much every day was beating the kids, you know? And that's, that's the game, beat the kids, wake up before the kids. And so I, I had... <laughs> 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 Don't spear the rod, yeah. <laughs> yes. Wake up before the kids. Don't beat the kids. <laughs> wow, thank you. <laughs> this is being recorded. I'm going to get canceled. No, uh, um, that for me with the first couple of kids, that was the thing that actually saved me from that is I had, at least I knew, a little bit of time. I was I was getting up before them most days. With our third, he's Henry's a, he's rough. <laughs> um, for that, it it still has been helpful. I have switched to an abbreviated morning routine for this season. I'm just getting back to normal now, and so we can talk about the the flex of it. But uh, I still get up really early. But I I just crunch everything down. I was reading less in the Bible, spending less time, like doing everything smaller, but still trying to keep these basic things. So I had this little flex time built in. And I think that's a big part of it too, is you try, you're trying to be consistent, but you recognize some days that it's not going to work and it's a season of life. And that's kind of, sometimes you just have to hunker down, you know, because you're being bombarded and, uh, and get through it. So yeah, that, that's the best I can offer. So, I mean, and this is, this is the thing too, you, like I said, you don't have to do this in the morning. I, f- I think I've made a good case for why mornings are, are better. But in that season, maybe try to do it at a different time that's less interruptible. Like it might be that you put your kids down early and you, you do it then, you know? So you, you got to make adjustments and certain seasons are, are better than others. But I think it is still possible to maintain some, some semblance. You just might have to adjust your schedule a little, you know? Yeah. Any value in merging things? For example, the exercising suggestion with prayer. I, I did that a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and, and the time as I was exercising, I was out on the country road and kind of, kind of spending that time in prayer too. Mm-hmm. Is, is that less beneficial? No, I think I think that's. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great. And you do this, you know, to the thing about listening to the Bible. That's another way you could stack those up. So you can get pretty efficient with. You could do prayer and Bible reading while you're running. And, and I think that that's one of the, one of the things is you're thinking about my Bible reading time is mostly devotional in intent. You can, you, you don't have to, I don't know, sometimes I, I get on myself, I'm like, but I'm not studying it deep enough. Like, but if that time is just to spend a little bit of time listening to the word, that's a great time to do it. Yeah, that's a great point. A good way to condense things. Mm-hmm. All right, let me talk a little about like the actual crafting of it. Like how do you get into the the details of this. What time do we get out? Does anybody know? I should know. Okay. All right. Okay. So let's talk about the new degree. We talked big picture. What do you want to include? Let's talk about how do you make this a reality. The first thing I want to say about this is don't sacrifice sleep. That is not a game that you're going to win in the long term. I shared in the beginning of my own story that the reason I wake up, you say, oh, you wake up at 4.30. And people always say, oh, you must be tired all the time. And I'm like, no, this is allergies. That's why I look this. No, but I'm not. I get plenty of sleep because I go to bed at 9, 9.30 at night. 
I'm not saying you have to do, I'm not, I'm not even ever going to do the same schedule as me, but I need about seven hours of sleep a night. I get that. And so, so I, for some reason, we just don't think this all the way through. You're like, ah, oh, but if I woke up earlier to do this, that means I'm going to be tired all day. Here's a trick with math. You, you just move your bedtime earlier. And this does require sacrifice, okay? It, it does, but not of sleep. Sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit of extra entertainment in the evening, things like that. But imagine if you just said, I'm going to move my bedtime earlier by 15 minutes or 30 minutes, and I'm going to wake up 30 minutes earlier. That's plenty of time to do all of this stuff in, in a pretty short chunk of time, right? That's not that, it's not a huge sacrifice in the grand scope of things when you recognize, hey, this is going to have a lot of knock-on benefits for my ministry, for my walk with the Lord, for my health, for my mind, for the way, like, it's, it's really worth it, honestly. And I say, you know, I, I get up at 4.30, my morning routine, when I don't have children, well, what does that mean? When, when, when I didn't have children, um, and I'm getting back to now, is quite long. I do 90 minutes to two hours. And I'm not saying you have to do that or whatever. Do you know why I do that? I love this time. This is, the, this is my most precious time of day to me. It's the only time that I'm completely alone. No one's awake yet. Nobody's bothering me. I'm, I'm spending it with the Lord. I, I, I enjoy it. I'm reading. I'm, I'm writing. I'm thinking deeply. I, I'm, I'm waking up. I'm getting ready for the day ahead. If your life's chaotic, carving out a morning, morning routine for yourself is a great way to have a little bit of peace. And it, it, it's not... I genuinely don't think it's that hard to, to get 30 minutes, to buy 30 minutes back. It just takes a little bit of planning, okay? <laughs> I'm not a big coffee guy, actually. This is something, I'll actually say to that, I know you're joking, but I actually say to that, not about coffee specifically, but one of the things I learned, and this has been shown people who study sleep, if you keep a consistent schedule of sleep, you go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, your body gets into that and you feel much more rested. I think a lot of us, we get in our heads that it's just about number of hours of sleep, but then you're going to bed at 11 o'clock, some nights, nine others, right? Actually, the consistency of keeping those bedtimes is, has a lot to do with how rested you feel. And so when I started locking in, if I, I go to bed at the same time and I wake up at the same time, I do this on weekends too, which sounds like crazy. And sometimes you have to adjust, you know, weddings and su such. But if you keep that generally consistent, you wake up around the same time. At least for me, I, I do not set an alarm. I just wake up at that time because my body's just gotten used to it. At, at one point, I just was always waking up before my alarm and then I turned off my alarm and it's just like I haven't needed it. So, not, you know, if I'm going to bed late, I will do that, set an alarm. But most of the time, don't, don't need it. You feel a lot better. Um, write your times down. So there is on that little website I showed you a little workbook thing. I should have included it in the notes. I don't know why I didn't, but you can download it from there. It's a little workbook. It's just three pages. If you go through that, it will literally force you to say, okay, how much sleep do I need? And what time do I want to wake up? How many things do I want to do? It's, I call it morning routine math, which, oh, I did promise no arithmetic. Well, you have to, you don't have to do this arithmetic in the morning. You do it so you have the mornings. Um, but then the biggest factor is figuring out your bedtime. This is where, this is where, again, I don't know why, like we just don't make that step. But if you want to wake up early or you want to wake up at a good time each day, you have to go to bed at a, a good time. And I know we talk about bedtimes with our kids. We need bedtimes. The older I get, the more I need a bedtime. Um, and the earlier it gets. But write that down. Make a plan. So that, that PDF that you can grab from that little website I showed you, and I'll throw that up again at the end, but that will force you to come up with your morning routine math so you know you're getting enough hours sleep 
and so you know that you have a good bedtime. And that is actually where I do set an alarm. I have an alarm that goes off 45 minutes before I want to be in bed. This just reminds me, oh yeah, we, I need to start powering down. This is, this is probably, and from the people I've worked with and, and talked with our, in our community uh, that have implemented this power mornings thing, this is the biggest battle, is the bedtime thing. You know, there, there's ways you can fight this. We could talk about that with putting your phone away, um, different things like that. But yeah, write it down. Okay, set up your space. Uh, yeah, go ahead. 45 minutes. Yeah, that, the idea is that I'm probably in the middle of something. And so it's like, okay, I need to start thinking about powering down, getting brushing teeth, all that. Right now, I don't do that as much just because the kids are the. Like we put them to bed at the same time, so they sort of they kick that off for us. Um, set up your space. So your your spot where you do your morning routine, make it cozy. I know this sounds kind of lame, but <laughs> make it cozy. Make it somewhere you want to be. Okay. Have your Bible there. If you're following a reading plan, print it out. Put it next to the Bible. Uh, have your journal there. Get a cozy blanket essential oils. I don't know, but make it, make it a place you want to be. And that, that, that genuinely has been for me, I enjoy my morning routine. If you, if you can get it to become something you want to do, you're going to stick with this habit for a lifetime. And that's, that's been my experience and other folks I've worked with on this. And that's a big part of it. Make it a place you want to be and adjust to reality. And that goes to your question, Matt, with like kids or big life events or weddings. Like sometimes you skip the morning routine. That's okay. You're not going to die. Um, you, sometimes you make a shorter one for those seasons of life. Uh, sometimes you have to adjust it because some thing in your life means you have to stay out later now, and so you're going to change it. That's, that's okay. Um, you don't need to be rigid with it. Here's a couple tips to making it stick long-term. Uh, remember your why. Why am I doing this? this it's, it's not just about so I can be, quote-unquote, more productive. It's not so I can, you know, post it on Instagram and say, look how early I am, <laughs> early up, up I am. You know, we always like to brag about that. Uh, the reason you're doing this is because it's making you a sharper tool in the hand of God because you recognize that that day you're going to be more focused. Your heart's going to be more, more likely to be in the right place because you started your morning that day and you're committed to him. You recognize that over time, if you do this every day for years of your life, it will have transformative effects on you long-term. So remembering that, that's why you're doing it. You're not just doing this to be hardcore. This is a, a strong opinion I have, but avoid your phone. Um, I understand listening to the Bible and the version app and people do it. At least for me, I don't, I do not touch my phone in the morning. I just put it away. I, I don't, I don't use it for Bible reading or anything just because it's just too easy to do other stuff on there. It's too distracting. Um, so I like a big, big paper Bible and a printed Bible reading plan personally. The two-day rule. This is uh, just the concept that um, you didn't break a habit until you skipped it two days in a row. It's just a, a mental framework. So like I said, sometimes you skip the morning routine. You say, oh, I'm a failure. No, nah, don't worry about it. You, you, um, I mentioned weddings earlier. That's, that's usually the thing that kills me because someone has a wedding and there it goes so late. I'm like, guys, don't you, come on, let's all go home. It's nine o'clock. It's bedtime. But they go late, and so you're out late. And then the next morning, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to wake up at 4:30. I just skip that day. And I and I don't feel guilty about it. I don't like, I don't beat myself up. I do it the next day. 
And so the, it's just something I found very helpful is give yourself permission to miss a day, but then say, but I'm not missing tomorrow, no matter what. And that will help you stick with it long-term. Accountability is great. It's a wonderful thing to do with your spouse. I can't get my spouse to wake up because she needs more sleep than me. Like I mentioned, a shaker. Said, Come on, it's time to do our morning routine. She's ah, um, I'm just teasing. She's great. Um, but <laughs> if you can, that's a great thing to do with your spouse. It's a, if you have other people um, who are doing something similar, it's, it's a great thing to do together and talk about. This is one of the, the things I mentioned. I run like an online community thing of Christians like who do productivity stuff. We talk about this all the time. They're like, what do you do when this happens? Or I'm doing this in my morning routine. And it's just helpful to have other people you know are as crazy as you are. <laughs> the other thing that can be helpful, especially as you're establishing this as a habit, is to track it. Like uh, you can write on a piece of paper or just put it on a calendar and put X's each day you do it. There is something very satisfying of seeing that chain of, I've done my morning routine every day for 90 days. I don't want to break it. So that can be helpful too. Um, and this is sort of my, my exhortation, and then I want to open it up and we can kind of discuss some of the, the nitty-gritty and stuff. This is just an exhortation I want to leave you with. Imagine what kind of person you would be in a year if you gave a portion of every single day to the word and prayer, journaling and constructive reading, some light exercise, and deliberately planning your day around your most important tasks. Like you can, with 30 minutes, an hour each morning, you, you can set yourself up for an incredibly wonderfully successful and productive day and days turn into weeks, turn into months, turn into years, turn into a lifetime of faithfulness. I'll just say as someone who studies and teaches on productivity, for me personally, getting my morning routine in place, it, it was and continues to be the highest point of leverage of anything else. It's been better than any app I've tried to use, better than any technique I've learned to keep and set goals. Having this in place leads to more productive days, leads to... Um, more faithfulness in the long run. So it's just a technique. I commend it to you. Um, but that is that is it. Now, I, I want to open up some questions. I'm going to throw this back on the screen. Like I said, there is a template you can follow um, that's a little PDF. If you go through it, it will force you. Well, not force you, but it will, by the end of it, you will literally have a plan for your morning routine. All the steps we did, this will just make you put it in writing, which uh, will make you more likely to do it.